The Film and TV Show is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Everybody be cool. You be cool. Hello and good evening. Welcome to the Film and TV Show with me, Richard S. here on Herrywood Community Radio. Hope you're doing okay. Um, just a few bits. First of all, we will be moving to a new time as of next Monday, which will be 7pm. That's 7pm every Monday evening, 7 till 8, um, where you'll hear the dulcet tones of myself and my co-host as well doing our thing. So yes, uh, it won't change anything to do with the podcast at all. That will still be going out um, as normal on a Tuesday morning slash Monday evening. Um, I'm joined this evening by Alex. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Regular co-host. I don't know why I even say it say now, because it's pretty much standard every week now. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty much standard, and Andrew joins us as and when he can, uh, which is awesome. Um, I'm not in my garb, it's in the wash, so I'm just in standard hoodie and uh, and bottoms. But you can get... <laughs> Anything that you wanted custom made from Sorella Print, just go on to find them on Facebook at Sorella uh, forward slash Sorella Print, Facebook.com forward slash Sorella Print, or go to Twitter at Sorella Print. You can get loads of stuff from them. They're also a partner for the Lowdown Film Festival. And if you don't know what mm. that is, then give your head a wobble. Uh, if you love film and TV, then it is a film festival for you that we are doing over here in Peterborough. Mm. Um, so this week's show is uh, the final part of our sort of aliens predator trilogy type yep. <laughs> thing where uh, myself and, and Alex, we are going to pitch a different take on alien versus predator and what we would have done differently and how we would do it if it was if it was up to us. And obviously it should be up to us because we're the best. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, 40,000 subscribers can't be wrong. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? You know. So they um, know what they like and they like our stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> so we are going to be talking about what we will do. So we'll take it in turns to um to go through our our pitch basically. Mm. And what we want you guys to do is to let us know on Twitter uh, hashtag Team Richard, hashtag Team Alex. Okay, we're going head to head in this and one as well. We want you to we the want you to tell streak us. Streak is always showing. <laughs> I know, right? I know. But we we want you to tell us what you think is the better pitch or if you think there's a you know, a mixture of both. You can do hashtag rich acts. Hmm. There you go. And, um, and yeah, and we'll just kind of go from there. So, cool. um, the reason we're doing this obviously is alien versus predator. It's a crap movie. Yeah. It's, yeah, it it's is. not brilliant at all. It's one of those films that it's like, and we've said it in previous shows. If you haven't listened, then obviously please do go and listen. And obviously if you are listening on the podcast, you guys are awesome. Don't forget to share, though, and get your friends to listen as well, because that would be greatly appreciated. Um, yeah, on the previous shows, Alien and on the Predator one as well, the, mm. um, it's it's like they tried to force everything together for Alien versus Predator. Yeah, it's it's a movie that you can watch, and you just end up wondering how how things went so badly, 
with what seemed like some good ingredients. You've got aliens, which are awesome creatures. You've got predators, uh, some some of my favorite movie uh, monsters of all time. And um, yeah, the setting's not great because, like we said previously, the the predators shouldn't be in a cold environment because the whole mythos previously building up was hot environments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, aliens shouldn't even be on planet Earth at that point because, you know, it was supposed to be from outer space, yep. not not here all along, despite their sort of contrived little exposition they give to suggest that they've always been here. Um, and generally, they try to build up tension, they try to build up, like, scares and shock factor, and it's all just so flat and bland. Like... Literally, I I watch that movie and I'm bored to tears unless there's a predator fighting an alien on screen. I know it it's drab, it's boring, and I hate it. <laughs> I mean, the writing as well. It wouldn't it wouldn't be so bad if the writing, the script work, and the acting was actually half decent. But it's, it's all just a lot of forced exposition. Yeah, so much of it is that one Italian scientist talking just constantly about. The history. It's like and, 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, I had enough of that in Prometheus where David the Android was, like, decrypting the um, the engineer's stuff oh, uh, Michael, on the walls. F- Michael Fassbender. <laughs> yeah, we know your problem with him. Uh. <laughs> but even in, even in Aliens vs. Predator, this was a thing showing what not to do with these franchises. Uh, and, yeah, like, if it's not exposition, it's like forced character interaction to try and make you feel something for characters that you know are going to die and it's not in the it's not in the likable way they do in aliens where they have real character interaction where they play off and like jokingly refer to each other and stuff yeah and like have their own in in sort of uh in-house jokes almost like with this, with the Marines especially. Yeah, you know, especially well, probably more so I think in Alien in Aliens mm. than opposed to Alien. But yeah, you're right. There with those films, you have a lot of natural chemistry and a lot of camaraderie. Whereas yeah. in the Alien versus Predator films, it is forced. It's not. It's not normal. It's kind of like it's been written just because they think that's what should be on screen and how it should go down it's not mm. it's not natural writing you can tell that it's been contrived through some it's like literally as though an alien sat down and and wrote this is what human interaction is and it's not yeah um and here's i was thinking about aliens versus predator for a while recently because we had this coming up uh, and one glaring issue like sprung to mind which is um the main character i think is called Lex or Alexis or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, she's a mountain climber. Or yeah. Like, she's like a climber yeah. or a... Su- like you a know. survivalist or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, but mainly she seemed to be, like, climbing in, like, on half of Everest or something um, at the very beginning. And we're only sort of led to believe that she is a mountain climber because the references that the um, guy that plays Bishop... Uh, yeah, Lance yeah. Henriksen. Lance yeah. Henriksen. He's now playing Mr. Wayland in this one. Yeah. Um, the references he gives are only of mountain climbing. <laughs> and she's just sent to the Antarctic. Yeah. And it, mountain climbing is vastly different from trekking through the Antarctic. Yeah. And not only this, uh, and this is a major gripe that I have. First off, she identifies a whaling village as though she's been there already. Second off, 
everyone seems to look to her as a leader, despite this being a Wayland Corporation outing, and that there's military supervisors on staff. Yeah. So and, and, and she's not forget. even military trained, and people are taking orders as though she's the boss when Mr. Wayland's right there. I know, but also don't forget that they even throw in someone else who is more fitting and more suitable for the role who has been to the Arctic and to the Antarctic before, whilst also being a survivalist and a mountaineer and, and whatever else. But he has actually been to the Antarctic and the Arctic. And they're like, well, we'll just get him to do it. And she's like, oh, no, yeah, he's not, he's not he's great. He's second best. Uh, he's second best. She's like, hang on a minute, love. You ain't even bloody been there. So yeah, and I, uh, I was just completely blown away with some of the inaccuracies of that character and how everyone seemed to like they rally around her like almost instantly, and it's completely nonsensical because they don't know her, they don't know she's the best survivalist in the world. For the, for all they know, she's just a mountain climber. Yeah, and uh, suddenly that Scottish guy's like begging her to stay with pictures of his kids and things. I know uh, what the hell was that though? That what the deal was that was that? I mean, that was just like, oh, you know, oh my children. Like, this is a character that you're supposed to feel emotions for when he dies, but is really just cannon fodder. Yeah, and just off-putting. Like some of the acting's okay, uh, and then half of the other acting is either hammy and like cartoonish or it's just like completely misplaced. Yeah. Uh especially that that guy because his death should be quite touching and quite, like, moving because he does have a family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But they play it off as kind of jokey because he's tied up on the wall and he reaches for the Desert Eagle and manages to kill the facehugger and then, like, 60 other facehugger eggs open. I know. And it's it's just like, oh, okay, that was a laugh, I guess? Yeah, that was kind of funny, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, it was was all contrived. It was all very much, uh, well, you know... And this is this is it. And here's another problem that I have, and this is this is one of my other big problems, is that uh, you've got three predators. Now, predators are the baddest killing, well, the awesomest killing machines on the planet, and they're also exceptionally well trained and tough. Yeah, it took Arnie dropping a log on one that literally must have been about three tons worth. Yeah, yeah to uh, even bring it close to death uh, so that it suicided with the um, uh, explosion. Um, My problem is that aliens, on the other hand, can be taken out by a single colonial marine with a good uh, pulse rifle. And in this movie, it flips that completely because one alien takes out two predators Mm. like in the opening section. I wouldn't have minded if one of them was swarmed and the other one battled like a yeah. the queen and died but it's the fact that it's just a standard drone against a predator and that these drones have been killed by humans easily before yeah and it's been yeah like say it's, it's proven fact in the film franchises that that's exactly what happened yeah um and yeah it is a massive gripe because you just think oh for god's sake what an absolute load of rubbish it's literally like taking everything you know and going whoop there goes the scales you yeah. have no idea what's going to happen now uh, not in a good way because everything that was previously established is now just like yeah, it's, it's just gone out the window. Yeah, it's taking better movies and casting them out as though they did something wrong. If you know what I mean, like um, yeah. having those previously established really good quality movies and then being like, "Nah, we can do better." Yeah, and that's the thing is that it just kind of it. Yeah, it just ruins it by taking, especially like Aliens. I mean, Christ, one of the best films ever made. Yes. 
full stop. I, I literally, uh, over the past couple of days, I've seen Aliens on uh, Film 4, and then it was Predator like a couple of nights ago on yep. Channel 4. I watched both of them, still love them to this day. Yeah, they're still fantastic films, and they're still films mm. that that they hold up. That they hold up. So yeah. So that, that's the whole reason why we're doing this show and why we've done the last couple of shows so we can bring everything together. Um, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna go through what how I would do it okay. for, for Alien versus Predator and what I would do. Right. Every so, listener is now judging you. <laughs> you can all judge me. I don't care. Right. So. First of all, um, I had to go through and look at kind of what I wanted from from the film. So I wanted mm. I wanted horror action. So I wanted it yeah. to go back to kind of like how Aliens was, which was very actiony, but there was still a lot of horror w- within mm, it. Yeah, lots you know, of suspense. lots of suspense and everything. So I was I was torn between two directors. Okay. Okay. But the action side. You can have both. I'll, I'll allow assistant directors in this as well. Okay. So. Well, then, for director slash assistant directors, then I would have Edgar Wright and Guillermo del Toro. Okay. Interesting. Big, purely because Edgar Wright does action. You've only got to look at A, the Cornetto trilogies, Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, all those sorts of films. He's very much action, and he's very he's very good at putting the, putting the scenes onto screen, but showing you every aspect of that action sequence, mm. no more so than in Baby Driver. Yeah, I, I do agree um, a lot of Baby Driver. And then with Guillermo del Toro, you've got, he's very much a suspenseful, very kind of builds up from the bottom. Classic horror as well. Yeah, he's got, he's got a very, he's got a very dark turn in his directing skills. He has one of those abilities that takes really twisted, ugly, dark things and puts a fantasy spin on them that makes them kind of beautiful in a way. Yeah, but he can also make them very sinister. Yeah, definitely. Um, in which, the same same In the time. same breath, yeah. yeah. Which is why I think having someone like him working with mm. Edgar Wright would make it very, very actually, but very horror. Add into that my producers. Okay. Okay. Oh, so, wow. So You're going to be one of the producers, though, because you've set this all up. No, 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 it's not going to be me. Oh, I've got Eli Roth. <laughs> Okay, yeah, good uh, choice. Jason Blum, who did Paranormal mm-hmm. Activities, uh, Insidious, and Rob Zombie. Oh, good choice, yeah. Because uh, he's you know, very involved with horrors at the moment. Absolutely, but not just that. Rob Zombie has a diff- he has such a very unique style that having him on board would really bring out the horror aspect of the alien. Maybe not so much the Predator, mm. but more the alien. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm going for with him, whereas yeah. Jason Blum is very... Very versatile. He'll be able to cover all the bases from Predator and the Alien, but mm-hmm. probably focus more on Predator. And the same with Eli Roth. Him and Jason Blum are very similar in in their styles and in, in in the films that they've done. That I think that those two working together from a Predator side, and then Rob Zombie on an Alien side, yeah, would make it very very dark, very suspenseful, um, but very actiony as well. Yeah, definitely. You've um, got. Some great uh, names in the business there for horrors, just like Guillermo del, del Toro. Uh, not to uh, quote Zoolander, but so hot right now. Yeah, well, you know, he's <laughs> with the just, shape of water and yeah, everything, but yeah. which is basically splash. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll skip yeah. over that. Um, so uh, I've got main characters, and then I've got I've called them cannon fodder characters, <laughs> but but, I but love it. But but they won't be. Okay. Well, some of them will be, but yeah. not all of them. So my main <laughs> character, 
um, is Jason Statham. Ooh. Very, very actiony, very tough, very marine-esque. And you'll understand why. Could go toe-to-toe with predators and aliens. Uh, Absolutely. Okay. The secondary lead character with him is Emily Blunt. Mm. Purely on... Oh, you had the name on one of my lists. You just, okay. Yeah, Emily Blunt. Sorry, she's no, fantastic in, um, in in Live Die Repeat. Yes, or The Edge of Tomorrow, or whatever they want to call it, because it changes wherever you watch it. She was also in Sicario. And yes, she was. She's film. amazing in that. But she's got that very gritty sort of actiony type in her. Ellen Ripley. Yeah, she's very, very she's very, very much that. an Ellen Ripley type. But she's she's British, which is great. And I want I want quite a strong British, you know, mm. top. Top I've gone table, for a, really. a British, well, semi-British. Yeah, actually, no, I've, I've gone for very much similar to you, okay. yeah. Well, that's all right, but, that's uh, good. Yeah, it's good. Um, so my cannon fodder <laughs> um, characters or, or uh, actors, so I've got Jennifer Lawrence. You'll understand why in a minute, don't I like worry. That. No, no, you've already, like, you've, you've sold me a winner. Seeing Jennifer Lawrence die on screen wouldn't, wouldn't be uh Hang on, hang on, hang on, yeah, I know. Um, Wanda Sykes. <laughs> oh, that's some comedy right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because she's got that voice, but uh, I've got a, I've got a thing for her, which is not, not literally thing. I've got a, a kind of a. Uh, Each his own. <laughs> no, it's uh, I've, I've got a kind of character scenario Role for her. For her. Yeah, um, Danny Trejo. He's already been in a Predators movie. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> if, we, if we throw it out the window, it doesn't matter. Uh, Natalie Emmanuel. From Game of Thrones and uh, Fast and Furious. Oh, uh, yes, the um, the hacker in Fast yeah, and yeah, Furious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her uh, Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. He's just won. He won a BAFTA not so long ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., okay. Ice Cube's son. Oh, cool. Very, yeah. very similar to Jason Statham. He was um, in, uh, straight out of Compton. Wasn't he was. He? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played. He basically played his dad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Eliza Taylor, who is from The Hundred, and she plays uh, Clark in The Hundred. Mm. She's very, she's used to being very actiony, very Ellen Ripley type. So I've put her in there as well. So you've got a couple of Ellen Ripleys in there. Yeah, I want, cool. but there's a particular reason why. Okay. No, it's good. It's it's good that you're going for uh, equal opportunities. Uh. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's also that that there's a particular reason why. Mm. So so the way I see it is the start of the film, it kind of pans onto a um, Pandora-type uh, planet, yeah. like you find Alien on Avatar, etc. And you've got um, a whole horde of aliens going toe-to-toe with a whole horde of predators. They're literally oh, just going, war. just literally all-out war on this planet. They are blasting each other. They are. I mean, you've got lightning, you've got thunder. It's very dark, it's very dingy. It's very very atmospheric absolutely and it, it closes in on what appears to be the leader of the predators yeah. he's got all this garb on him he's yeah, got all the yeah. badges and the scars and everything going toe to toe with the what queen. looks like not just not necessarily a queen but a warrior alien okay as such it's slightly bigger slightly than, tougher. than normal slightly tougher um and a lot more uh, not as dark as the other aliens, and they're going toe to toe. So they're punching each other. They're, you know, it's the aliens snapping at it and whatnot. The um, the alien gets the better of the predator. Okay. Absolutely beasts him down and smashes his face in, and then he gets taken out by another couple. And then it literally, it's just kind of, it then goes up to a bird's eye view of just watching everyone pummeling on each other yeah. until it just 
it, it, it kind of finishes. It's about this is like a five a five minute sequence. A bit like five, the introduction for the, the first Lord of the Rings, where you got that massive war at the beginning. And yeah, it pans out. Yeah, yeah, pretty much um, <clears> to <throat> kind of set the scene on this on this what looks like a peaceful planet, basically, but it's all like raging, yeah. raging and and whatnot. Um, and it kind of pans up, and then it fades away, and all you've got is just dead bodies everywhere. There's no. There's no aliens left alive. There's no predators left alive. Yeah. It just it's just as it is, and then it fades to five years later. Cool. Okay, and then you've got well, you could do it any years later. Yeah, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. It, but it's in the future, and then what you've got is you've got this group of settlers mm-hmm. that are um, led by Jason Statham and Emily Blunt, who are a husband and wife. Combo. Um, Taking a little like bit a, out of uh, Covenant there. <laughs> yeah, they're like a husband and wife terraforming yeah. um, expert. They run a terraforming company yeah. um, and whatnot. And they've basically taken these people along that have been chosen to, to help terraform mm. um, in preparation for some other people to come. A, a bit like the initial mission to Mars type thing. But I think the Martian, a bit similar to the yeah. Martian, something yeah. like that. A few and, sort of like pods and things. Yeah. Um, but you, we don't dwell too long on on them obviously we don't really get much of a backstory on all of them because there's too many of them um what basically happens is you see them terraforming you see um jennifer lawrence wanda sykes o'shea jackson go off um and 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 do whatever they want um and they're going they're doing something and then basically jennifer lawrence just gets shot in the face (laughs) yes there's a (laughs) there's a predator sitting in the tree think uh blaine Yes, yeah, from, from Predator. So basically, they're, they're literally just walking, having a laugh, having a joke, and then and then literally, it's like straight through the face. Mm. She's all she's all kinds of messed up, and she's like done for. Um, obviously, they then start screaming and run off, and the Predator jumps down and starts literally Sprinting. kind of going, yeah, literally going after them. They've got no weapons on them, but it's still it's going after them. Um, it turns out that this Predator was actually a, a child at the beginning. Mm. Uh, and was left to fend for itself on a desolate planet, basically. And now it's cool. got these people, so now it's it's kind of fighting, fighting them. Yeah, they take it out, and you know it, they capture it and torture it and and everything else. You know what what humans <laughs> tend to do? They pull with, the mask off, and it's Vin Diesel. <laughs> well, no, it, it could. I am Groot. Um, but yeah, so they basically do all of that, um, and he he's obviously kind of sitting there proper all messed up you've got Jason Statham giving the I'm gonna get you you know who do you think you are blah 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 they bury Jennifer Lawrence's body because there isn't a head left Um, stick a headstone in it blah 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 (laughs) no irony there no irony there well I thought I'd chuck that in there stone of head Um, turns out that that Wanda Sykes is like a a a covert person and she's she doesn't what she's trying to do is to sabotage the mission. She doesn't oh, want a bit it. Like um what's his face from Aliens, the uh the, the Android. Or the cor- no, corporate guy. The corporate guy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but she doesn't want to capture anything because they don't know about these. They don't know oh, about yeah. them. What they're basically doing is they're just trying to she's just trying to sabotage it. Oh, and she okay. does with her squeak, you know, I ain't got time for that and blah 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 yeah. blah. She's kinda of like the comedic evil cowbag, basically. Gary Oldman in Lost in Space. <laughs> very much, yeah, yeah. Very, very similar. Um, and then it it kind of pans away from from their their settlement as such, and it pans to the other side of uh, a massive canyon where you've got an alien ship, mm. but there's already humans there 
okay. that have already been infected. Nothing to do with them. Just another ship. Just another ship. Humans are already tied up in a chamber. We'll say tied. They're all like gelled up to the walls and what, like they do in Aliens and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, the, and, the gunk. Yeah, with all the gunk. And then you've got the eggs open, the facehuggers jump out, screams, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then in in kind of like um, a, a sped up version, you it, you watch the transition from facehugger egg to chest inside burst. the chest yeah. to chest burster. You kind of see that over the course of like two to three minutes. So you see the the, the actual ingestion period inside. So you can mm. see how it's gestating within the chest. And we kind of get to see that process yeah. of an alien because we never actually see that. That's, We've never seen that. Point. So I want to see the gestation process within the human chest. Whether it's like eating away at its insides or... Absolutely, yeah. Like- and then obviously it bursts out and you've got about... 10, 15 yeah. um, aliens come out. Um, and these people, it turns out, were settlers from a different Earth. Mm. An, an Earth-like planet. They're not human. Oh, they okay. look human. Right. And they're from a different planet, a planet that is kind of like, think Krypton and Drat. And um, the, they're from, you know, in Supergirl. Oh, yeah, they're from a slightly different planet. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. Not Krypton, very, very... It's, it's not Candor. Yeah, 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 and they basically they're like that. They're like mm. I don't know. There's a, a big fight, and you kind of get a, a brief image of these two war two worlds warring with each other mm. to kind of give you a rough idea. And they've got a ship that's literally crashed, and there's aliens on it, and blah blah blah. And then the aliens kind of just start rampaging through. And do you know, like in computer games, where you see them slowly moving in this, you know, like on the little uh, UV map. Oh, the radars and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You kind of see them just slowly moving across. It's like like watching a computer game. You've got the settlement, you know, beeping in one corner, and you've got the aliens moving ever. Oh, so. you'll literally see them like from a bird's eye view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And you can see them slowly moving closer, and it kind of panoramas over bird's eye view type thing of them getting mm. closer and closer. And then all you see is just like um, it's a thing like from from Stargate where fire just comes from the heavens and just starts. Like smashing down and shaking the planet, yeah, and that's when the the, the humans then start to think, "Holy crap, what's going on?" Rah rah rah. They then mm. pull out all their guns and start to go and find out what's happening. You've got a predator ship comes down to kind of sandwich between the humans and, and the, the aliens, yeah. and then it's kind of like a three way war. Basically, you've got no friendships. You don't see um, the the humans pairing up with the predators to kill the aliens. Mm. It's an all for one, you yeah. know. Uh, it's a bit like the, um, uh, the the news desk thing from Ron Burgundy. Yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bit, a bit similar to that. Uh, news team assemble. Absolutely, and that's when you know uh, everything starts to go a little bit wonky. So the humans retreat, um, the predators retreat, but the aliens still keep coming. You should uh, catch Steve Carell in there as well. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Throw a spear um, or a trident. Jason Statham gets killed. Oh, so he gets he gets completely like okay, completely messed I was up. Not expecting that. I know Shay Jackson has to take control. Okay, of the of the mission basically. Um, mm. Emily Blunt then gets battered um, and she loses both of her legs and one of her arms. She wow. gets absolutely like beasted, so they have to stick her in a cryostasis to protect her body and everything. Mm. Um, and they they put her in lockdown, which then leaves uh, Eliza Taylor to kind of. Going there, so so that literally just leaves a couple of them left. It doesn't leave many of them unless you've got Danny Trejo, 
Natalie Emmanuel. Has Wanda Sykes died yet? Or No, she hasn't died yet. She's cowering, doing a very, like, Dr. Smith from Lost in Space. She's yeah. cowering inside, but um, she's sending all these reports, and it, and it mm. kind of gives you a brief... You kind of see on the screen all of the reports that she's sending back of everything that's going on to somebody, mm. but we don't find out who. Wayland, no, it's not. <laughs> um, but she's sending back these mission reports, um, okay. and then all you hear is that, and an alien just literally just goes, yeah. and just like smashes her in the back of the head, and she falls to the floor and she dies, and then the alien comes down and starts, you know, and then a predator comes in, absolutely yeah. does it. You know, does the alien over, but the predator dies as well because it's got acid blood and all that and the other. Um, and then it's just basically a straight out fight between everybody. Yeah. Um, Daddy Trejo will die because Pulls he's machete. No. because he's because he's cannon, so he will die. Mm. Um, and uh, Daniel Kalua gets injured, so he will, he will survive, but he will lose um, one of his arms, mm. or he'll lose his sight, or he will get injured in some way. Um, and will be the kind of like um, uh, like the Hicks, yeah, the sort Hicks of character, character. the yeah. one to su- sort of survive, but you know, be marked forever. By yeah, him. pretty much. Um, you've then got uh, Eliza Taylor and O'Shea Jackson mm-hmm. trying to to steer them clear, and then they have to fight to get their um, their, their ship back up into orbit, yeah, um, and and so on and so forth. But they've got a predator on board. They haven't got an alien. They've got a predator on board as they take off. Um, their ship gets captured, goes into the predator ship. They then all get tortured because they tortured the other one. Mm. Uh, so they then get tortured. Uh, and then you just literally see what looks like the original, at the very, very beginning, the fight between the predators and the aliens. Mm. And they're fighting. And then it skips over to the other side of the planet. And there is like a a hustling, bustling city oh. of life on the other side, which we don't which we don't know about, okay. which we've never seen anything, had no inkling for it at all, but just on the other side, just out of the, the reach of the predators and the aliens at that particular time, mm. is like a post-industrial um, city, basically. Human a, city. We don't... I, I don't know. I'll leave that up to people's imagination. It's just oh, okay. a bustling city with vehicles of such going through yeah. and you don't really see and then finish okay wow done so you don't so sequel bait <laughs> yeah absolutely sequel bait so yeah, you don't definitely. know a what happens you don't really know why the other humans were there mm. you have loads of unanswered questions but th- the main thing is it doesn't focus on the humans being the center being the center being the fodder it is mm. literally the the aliens and the predator taking center stage and literally fighting each other with the humans almost thinking, do you know what, we're here and we may as well get stuck in. Mm. But obviously you've got Emily Blunt is injured, Daniel Kalua is injured. Jason you've got Statham's Jason killed. Jason Statham's dead. I was not expecting that. Um, you've got Wanda Sykes is dead, Danny Trejo dead. You've, you've literally got kind of now a skeleton, a young, a young cast mm. that's left over. Yeah. But they're being captured by predators and being tortured. They they don't die, or we don't see them die. But you just see them being tortured on the predator ship, mm. and then you obviously see the the fighting, and then you've got the the city over in the corner. Yeah, and then that that that's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much my how my alien versus predator would go down. It has a lot of questions to be answered, mm. 
But, but that's not a bad thing. No. That is, that's one thing that I think a lot of directors recently have really been fi- failing at, which is you don't need to tell us absolutely everything. You don't need to go into 15 minutes of backstory and like yep. development. You just need to tell us a story about characters or a character yep. and go from A to B. Yeah. And that's that that's literally what obviously you're gonna have you're gonna have the, the you know, the the dark Guillermo del Toro turns in, in parts of the um you know, parts of the fighting between mm. the three tribes. I say three tribes, the aliens, the predators and the humans. You've got the action sequences where they're running out when Jason Statham will get killed. Yeah. Uh, all that sorts of stuff. Plus you've got the real suspense. Um you know, you'll have loads of suspenseful shots of aliens and predators lurking, yeah. not maybe doing anything. But just lurking and, and yeah, getting up close and, and watching shots, and learning yeah. and because ultimately these are two warrior races. They're not just going to fight. They're going. Aliens are smart. Yeah. The xenomorphs are smart, so they're going to learn. They're going to need to learn. So that's that's kind of my my thinking around it. Yeah, they're they're crafty like snakes, and the predators are skilled, intelligent hunters. Yeah, so exactly. why not show them as it? Exactly, and that that is my show. Don't tell. Absolutely. So, so that's mine. That, yeah. that that's mine. We'll play. We'll play some music just to break it up a little bit, and then when we come back, Alex, it's, it's all turn. on you. Yes. <laughs>
I'm Holly Dempsey. You're listening to The Film and TV Show with Richard S. That is the end of the song. It just literally just ends just like that. It's like, okay, fair enough. Um, Right, go on then. Okay, so uh, I'm going to go through the cast like you did uh, originally. So my directors, um, my main director, Dennis Villeneuve, uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, yeah. yeah. um, With assistant director Daniel Espinosa, who did Life. Yes, he did. Because that guy was like screaming out to try out for the uh, alien property. 
Hell uh, yeah. with that. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, yeah, we'll give him a shot. And I thought, who better to do like a suspenseful, tense film than someone that took on a previous uh, really sort of treasured property, which was Blade Runner, and do a really respectable job. Like uh, a lot of reviews and a lot of people were quiet about 2049, yeah. but it was actually really, really good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So um, <laughs> in terms of producers and writers, I just put down me because okay. uh, uh, I've come up with the cast. I've come up with the, uh, the no, story. Dude. So, you know, I, I can do this. Um, the cast begins with the uh, main sort of male character, and he is played by Jack O'Connell. Uh, oh, he was in yeah, Unbroken yeah. and most recently in Godless. I was going to actually take him as one of mine, yeah. but I just thought, nah. Um then for my Wayland Utani executive, I've gone for Natalie Dormer. Uh, she's from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I she plays uh, Marjorie yeah. Tyrell. Yeah, she's the one that thinks she's all that, and she really ain't. Oh, I've got her as my uh, the leading lady, effectively. Um, the Wayland Utani director, I've gone Alan Tudyk. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, for the some of the Marines, I've just put in some uh, a couple of names. Ben Barnes, I'd like to yeah. see. Uh, as a sort of sociopathic marine who's quite sort of like disestablished from the rest of humanity yeah, but yeah. good at his job which is killing things uh Dakir Montgomery yeah. uh, as a pessimistic marine very similar to Hudson yep um and then a few others like Martin Sensmeyer who was uh Red Harvest in the Magnificent 7 he was the uh sort of Apache yes guy. yeah 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 I wanted someone of uh basically a bit like Billy from Predator uh who's going to be uh, not actually a tracker, but the rest of them like take the piss and like say yeah yeah, yeah. say he is, uh, and then characters like uh, well people sorry actors Ryan Hurst he was in Sons of Anarchy as Opie yeah. yeah he was yeah and Wood Harris who was most recently that I remember in Dread as the gangster that they yeah mind yes that's right yeah mind invade okay and that's a just nice like, strong cast yeah they're just like Marines and um. I'll basically get into the main story once I bring it up because I have written it down. Um, basically, so it it starts off with <clears throat> like a little bit of a text crawl, just saying that uh, some uh, problems have happened on a Wayland Utani uh, outpost settlement, okay. uh, and that they're requesting immediate sort of uh, sort of reaction team, okay. uh, and basically for a director. Or an executive to arrive because they've um, had a security breach where basically uh, a patrol has been sent out uh, because this is a very, very large settlement. This is akin to a city. Uh, and Okay, so you so yeah. you've got a large, you've actually got a, a, a real big settled. Yeah, yeah, big. Like think um, in Dread, uh, you know, the mega cities. Like mega cities, oh, okay. With, we're talking that sort of size. Okay, but, yeah. But more flat rather than vertical. Yes. Um Basically, what's happened is a security patrol has went, gone out in this city, uh, and they've been massacred uh, with only one survivor left. And uh, the reports have come back that these men have been skinned and strung up. Allah, yeah, yeah. Um, the remaining survivor has been arrested uh, and is charged with murdering his comrades. Um, yep, uh, and is believed to be delusional from some of his rantings. Um, this is basically Jack O'Connell's car uh, character, who is the prisoner. Okay. Uh, for half of this movie, he will be in a cell, like literally just okay. in a cell. Um, so basically, 
uh, one of the directors, who is Alan Tudyk's character, is alerted to this fact. He's um, he's expressed interest in alien life forms before. Um, he's heard rumors of predators and things like that, but we're never told this on screen. He's just like very interested in, in yeah. the situation. Uh, he takes his executive, which is Natalie Dormer, and a sort of small security force of Marines to this planet. Um, basically, they land, and um, uh, they, the Marines are told that they need to investigate what happened, go and find the the bodies of these um, patrolmen, and find out if it was possible that this one man can kill his entire squad uh, and skin them alive and string them up. Yeah. Um, I'm just reading <laughs> to make sure I've got this right. Uh, yeah, so um, basically they begin their investigation and uh, the director is expressing like a lot of uh, excitement almost in regards to this and he keeps sort of just disappearing from the movie. Like, you don't know where he's gone. Even the executive doesn't know where he's gone. Right, it just keeps, like, just disappearing off screen or off, yeah. uh, kind of out of people's... Yeah, uh, basically it's revealed that he's going to this sort of uh, facility that's okay. not on any sort of maps. It's just, like, you know, uh, completely... Uh, it's off, off the top grid. Top secret, yeah. yeah. Um, so when the when the Marines arrive at the site, they investigate. Uh, it's sort of like a broken-down factory that was probably in use like earlier on when they first started the settlement. Yeah. Uh, and they find the bodies and find that no living man on earth could lift all those bodies uh, by themselves. Yep. Uh, and it's just like the the way that they've been skinned and the way that they've been like killed as yeah. well. It's just completely unnatural. Uh, so they sort of, they feed back to the executive who's the only one that's really on site. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> bear with me. Uh, they basically begin to in- uncover uh, that the director has been exper- experimenting on the local populace and the criminal element. Okay. Uh, and basically implanting face huggers onto them uh, in this top secret laboratory. Right, okay. And so the, this is like Jurassic World type. Kind of. It's yeah. basically, um, you know how in the Aliens franchise they were always talking about weaponizing the. So Zenos. they actually have weaponized it. They're effectively like uh, breeding these aliens, keeping them in containment, and then using like massive tasers on them to try and like shock therapy them. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, okay. Like trying to implant things in the heads to control them. Yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, basically, the executive finds out about this, freaks out because this is against protocol, uh, experimenting on the human populace and things like that. Uh, basically, when she confronts the director in this laboratory with the Marines as backup. Uh, Obviously, an argument breaks out. You can guess that the experiments break out yeah. and all hell begins uh, to unfold. Basically, the scientists are killed. The director does manage to escape, and so do the Marines and um, the executive, who go straight to the jail um, yes. to basically just go, right, you're obviously telling the truth. Let's get you the hell out. Yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> they basically lock down the laboratory, but obviously the aliens escape. And uh, when one alien does come and try to kill the Marines, it manages to kill one of the, like, you know, the cannon fodder guys. Uh, And the prisoner, Jack O'Connell, basically goes, what the hell is that? That's not what attacked us. Uh, And as he says that, and as they kill this alien, uh, three little uh, red laser beams just goes straight onto one of the other Marines. And just blows And just eviscerates through his chest. Absolutely. Uh, And so basically... You've got this whole uh, Jack O'Connell knows how to kill predators, yeah. uh, knows how to 
basically the way he survived is he threw down his weapon that that's literally the only way he survived is basically just being a coward throwing his weapon down and escaping with his life and he tells this to the executive and he told this to the director before Uh, and basically the way the director is surviving in most of this movie is by carefully playing like every side against each other yes yeah yeah uh for instance he has a pistol but throws it down when he sees a predator uh, and when he sees an alien he picks it back up yeah ultimately basically the director is trapped inside this corridor with an alien at one end predator at and a pre- predator at the other and he doesn't uh, and basically a gun on the ground and he knows that if he goes for the gun he's going to get shot by the predator but if he doesn't the alien's going to kill him yeah and basically as soon as the alien jumps on him uh, the plasma goes straight through the alien and into him and he gets covered in acid and burns to death yes yeah <laughs> done um the slightly different things that i wanted was that the wayland yutani executive played by natalie dormer um she's not going to be an evil wayland yutani person she's actually going to be one of the few that's uh, have humanitarian reasons yeah and not afraid to throw down either she'll literally as soon as stuff gets bad she's going to pick up a pistol like put her hair in a ponytail like you know yeah go Anna for Ripley, Ripley type stuff yeah, yeah. okay uh, and with the Jack O'Connell character, I really wanted a uh, sort of learning curve that takes what is essentially not not a full Marine. He's literally just like law enforcement uh, on this planet uh, who probably didn't get paid enough to yeah. take on predators uh, and only survived out of pure cowardice, effectively. Uh, and we basically build his character up to the point where, okay, maybe it wasn't a time to take a stand when he was fighting the predators, but he sure as hell is going to do it now. And okay. so, you know, he learns to take that sort of responsibility and that that commitment that he sees the Marines, like, throwing their lives away. And basically what it builds up to is that eventually he's the one to release prisoners and arm them uh, from okay. this obviously overcrowded city. Yeah, uh, There's a quite a high criminal element. And basically, just as you had uh, a three-way war, I'm having a three-way war. You're having a three-way war as with like criminals doing like criminal stuff uh and not the sort of caricature ones that we had in predators which was very sort of stereotypical uh, japanese man with a samurai sword it's a case of like criminals just like throwing petrol bombs like hitting things and yeah and just smashing stuff up basically and just going hell for leather on everything whereas like maybe the marines take on the predators uh that will only be about three predators because i highly believe that um effectively one predator is going to die to the aliens being swarmed by them but still killing a lot and his explosion will go off yeah, and take yeah. like a large amount of aliens and humans uh, another one will be killed by the humans and finally the last one will remain alive and actually leave the planet okay. <clears throat> because he'll sort of recognize that uh, although there was a lot of uh dishonorable humans there were a few that were actually kind of honorable acceptable yeah. and he's already lost two brothers so he doesn't want to, yeah, he doesn't want to go back again. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So what happens with the rest of the aliens then? So basically the aliens themselves are going to be uh, the over, because it's a large city, uh, once they start breaking out, they start just infecting everyone, uh, much akin to yeah. aliens again. Uh, so this basically within a few sort of hours, you're starting to see the populace turn from human into alien. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it sort of loses control and more and more control until basically what the humans have to do is decide 
whether they want to stand and fight or actually get their ass off the planet and just give it to the aliens. And in the end, all that's done is the Predator and the uh, humans basically get back to their own ships and get the hell off the planet and then nuke it from outer space, just like what Hicks had originally planned. In Yeah, in the first, in the second, in Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's roughly what I had planned. See, as you're as you're saying that, I'm I'm literally picturing the uh, the backdrop of Blade Runner and Blade yeah. Runner twenty forty nine. I'm picturing that type of uh, and we're talking... monster city with um, very much the new type of dread film esque. Yes, kind of picturing that is very gritty, very realistic, and it's that sort of that horror aspect of. Um, an alien can be locked inside of a building and still be terrifying, and then you see the adjacent skyscraper them swarming all over the outside of it like ants. Very much like Attack the Block. Yes, where they've got they got yeah. the side of the building. Yes, you know that is terrifying, especially because you've got people in there who are actually kind of seeing mm. it. And yeah, I can see that. That would be that would be terrifying. And obviously with um, Villeneuve at the helm, you would have, and and even with Espinosa as well you would have that very... And it's one of those movies that I wanted, literally, just like the Aliens, just like Predator, the first hour and a half, nothing, like nothing happens. You'll see the skin bodies, you'll hear the familiar like tones from the Predator movies and things yeah. like that. You'll get that sort of hair raising up on the back of your neck, thinking, oh my God, they're going into that warehouse where the people were killed. Are the Predators still there? Yeah, yeah, you want that suspense. You want mm. that to to kind of peak as you're going through and then and then when it sort of hits that note of okay things things are going to start happening people are going to die in really gruesome ways then it just escalates and we're yeah. talking skyrockets to a point where a planet is con basically condemned to death and like blasted from orbit okay so where would your sequel come from or would you not have a sequel uh the survivors i would plan as maybe one or uh, well i would definitely have the prisoner jack o'connell and Natalie Dormer's character as a w disgraced Wayland yutani uh, yeah. employee uh, because she's effectively destroyed an entire city. Uh, so I'd have them as a kind of on-the-run kind of thing. Okay. Uh, and see see what you could do with maybe landing them on either a remote planet or maybe another inhabited one and try and sort of lay low uh, whilst also, you know, maybe encountering other other things that could uh, could affect. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay. I do I do like that. I I like mm. the way that that sounds. That's very it's a very up to date like you say very gritty yeah film with the you know with a lot of a lot of dark scenery so you've got the the thunder and lightning. I can picture like tall skyscrapers aliens climbing up with thunder and lightning mm. kind of coming down and maybe just instead of actually physically seeing them just seeing outlines of them crawling up the up the buildings perhaps and, and like i was saying uh during the musical break uh that sort of music is the sort of thing i can picture that like uh the marines are listening to as they're hitting orbit coming down with the director and the executive that's the sort of stuff that i want them to be listening to like an updated yeah. version of like rock that we would listen to to get yeah. pumped and stuff and uh instead of like the you know, just bringing it into the twenty first century. Very much like the, uh, very much like the Little Richard song. Yeah, well, I know it's not rock song, but the Little Richard song from Predator. Yeah, exactly. It's when the, on the helicopter. It's something that the soldiers are going to listen to in their downtime, and uh, they're just going to enjoy it. And like, you know, Audio Slave. It's 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 decent rock, and uh, yeah, 
Uh, it's called Cochise. I mean, what, yeah. a, what a cracking name for a song, Cochise. <laughs> um, excellent. Good. Well, there you have it, guys. That's the yeah. that's the two pitches. You've got Team Richard, hashtag Team Richard, hashtag Team Alex. Or I think we could wanna... both pose these as like yours is the original, mine's the sequel. Yeah, like, it could well yeah. be because actually the city could be the city that's at the end of mine, perhaps. Exactly. You know, why not? I, I mean, we could put them both like that. That would be good. Um, but let's see what the world of Twitter says. <laughs> Just yeah. just because, you know. Because you're competitive. <laughs> Absolutely. Damn right. I think we both, uh, we're both winners here. Yeah, I, th- I, I think, no, the real winners are the audiences. Yeah. Because they're a damn sight better than the <laughs> crap we had to sit through when they originally come out. So yeah. if there are any directors out there who, who think, actually, do you know what, I'm going to steal that idea. Well, you can't. They're copyright film and TV show. Um, you can't have them. But well, we'll, we'll sell them. But we're willing to sell them. <laughs> we're willing to sell them for 10 figures. Ten figures. That's that's cheap. No. Yeah. Who do we think we are? Shane Black. Ooh. <laughs> yes. But anyway, um, if there are people out there that, that would be interested in making a short, perhaps yeah. based around these, absolutely go for it. We'd love to see what what kind of your imagining is. Obviously, for um, intellectual properties, etc. I don't think they're going to let you steal the xenomorphs and the predators. You mm. might have to come up with your own, but using those premises would be quite interesting to see. Definitely. So, um, so yeah, but hashtag Team Richard, hashtag Team Alex on Twitter. If you'd like a mixture of the both, feel free to just do hashtag Team Rich X, um, and then we've kind of got best of both worlds, so then we know. Um, and tell us your thoughts. Let us know what you think, uh, you know, what do, what do you see the Alien versus Predator yeah. franchise tell as? tell us your ideas and see, um, see what sort of storylines that you might think would work with uh, two big villains in the title. It's... Uh, pretty tricky when you when you get down to thinking about it and yeah it's not easy it out yeah it's it's not easy so i give give the people that tried to create avp a little bit of credit but they could have done a lot better they could have done a lot better it's kind of like they got bored halfway through and just yeah. gave up but anyway um that's it that's the end of the show that's an hour up Thank um, you for having me again. Always goes, always goes quickly. That's fine. <laughs> I don't even need to thank you. You anymore. don't even need to thank me, no, because you just come <laughs> just, every just week. Me. It's just, it's just me and you every week, which is fine, you know. And then we have Andrew <laughs> come in as well. It's great. Um, so that's it. Um, all done and dusted. Obviously, new time next week is at seven pm, not eight mm. twenty. So we are going to seven pm next Monday evening now, uh, and every Monday evening thereafter. We are also going to be at. The Feel the Force Day again this year, which is on the 6th of October. Mm. So keep a lookout for that on Facebook and Twitter because Feel the Force Day is phenomenal. It's a great Comic-Con for those with disabilities um, and those who aren't necessarily included in most of the other Comic-Cons. Yeah. Uh, and Simon and JJ do an absolutely fantastic job at the Kingsgate Centre doing it. So we will have them on a show again soon to uh, to talk about that. But... Uh, definitely get involved if it, if it kind of falls under your rim and if it's what you want to do. Uh, we'll be doing interviews. We'll be doing live videos again. Um, hopefully Alex's car won't break down this time and he can make yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that'd be great. Um, so, so yeah, so look out for that. Obviously, the Lowdown Film Festival is coming in September. Uh, we're on 105 submissions. I've just checked. We're on 105 now, which is fantastic wow. for a first-year film festival. So if you are out there and you are a filmmaker, please... Uh, submit your films mm. less than 20 minutes would be amazing anything over that unfortunately will be disqualified um, because it's obviously just short if you do have a feature length that you want us to to show and you are happy to do a Q&A then please 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 let me know and we can uh, we can sort something out we do have some uh, some workshops and everything already 
up and running. Uh, we've got Josephine Gillen from Game of Thrones. She is going to be doing a Q&A. Mm. We've also got um, Ashley Harley, who does, um, she's got a film and a single out at the moment as well called Judge Me, and uh, her film is The uh, Wall of Lion. So really, really good. Um, you should absolutely check out her single as well. It is phenomenal. And we've got loads of other people uh, already lined up, which is brilliant. Yeah. So it's going to be good. Find us on uh, Twitter at LowdownFF. Right, that's it. All done. We will be back <laughs> next Monday at 7 o'clock. Fantastic. See you then. Thank you very much. There is one more thing. It's been emotional. Mm-hmm. 